Hey, what's up, you guys? And welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about Supergirl Season 6, Episode 13, titled The Gauntlet. I personally really enjoyed this episode. I think this is my favorite episode of the season. Previously, it had been um, Season 6, Episode 3, Uh, was my favorite, but I think this one definitely tops it. And then actually, I think I'll probably move episode three down and put uh, episode 12 second uh, on this list. Um, But I really enjoyed this episode. I think it, it offered everything that we love about Supergirl. You know what I mean? Like, it had the comedy, it had the drama, it had lots of Supercorp, it had lots of, like, you know, Kelly and Alex moments, it had great Jean stuff, it had great Brainy stuff in particular. I mean, really, the only thing that I think that I would say that I wish was better about this episode was that I wish there was more Kelly and I wish there was more Nia. Um, but I mean, obviously, as we've seen throughout the season, it's kind of like a give and take with who's in these episodes and who's not. So unfortunately, they were kind of given the short end of the stick on this episode, but I do think that it just worked really well and it, it was so enjoyable to watch and it was a, it was an episode that I wasn't dreading having to rewatch, you know? (laughs) It just worked really well for me. I mean, (laughs) it had everything. Supergirl's hottest episode is season six, episode 13. It had everything, Um, but it was wonderful, and I'm really excited to talk about it, and obviously, uh, I do have a lot of, like, Supercorp theories about this episode, just because there was so much so much corping that was <laughs> so much supering and so much corping that was happening uh in this episode that i'm just really excited to talk about so let's get into it so we open with lena arriving back at the tower um we get a hug literally right off the bat which is insane was not expecting that i was like <sighs> accosted by this super corp hug right at the moment that the episode opened and obviously it was very indicative of the kind of episode that we were gonna get um Kara asks Lena about Newfoundland Lena kind of like brushes her off and she's like I really don't want to talk about it and she would rather talk about what's been happening in National City um Brainy tells her all about Nixley and then they kind of like joke about the cat you know whatever and then Kara <laughs> invites Lena to go with her to the fortress and Lena's like have portal will travel very cute very nerdy (laughs) and then they actually head off to the fortress obviously this moment was so cute um the hug was so wonderful I love that they're being so physical you know I mean because obviously Kara was gone for a long time and then Lena left to go to Newfoundland to like discover herself or and her mother and everything and then now finally they're back together again and it just feels like no time has passed you know like it feels like they weren't separated for the year or maybe they you know it feels like they were but they're stronger because of it and I just love that so at the fortress, Kara requests all Kryptonian knowledge on fifth dimensional allstone totems, and one of the witches from season three pops up. She, during season three, she had dark hair, so I was like, "Hello, who is this lady?" <laughs> but she was one of the Kryptonian witches that was responsible for Rain in season three, uh, named Vita. So Kara clearly like recognizes her, but Lena's like 
who is this bitch? And, <laughs> and Kara's like, yeah, she's a Kryptonian witch. And then Lena's like, a witch? Come on. <laughs> and Kara tells her that this is like, this is Vita's living memory. All her witchy Kryptonian knowledge is in this recording. It's kind of like the master recording that Kara was creating before she got uh, sent off to the Phantom Zone. So Kara says that fifth dimensional energy is magic and Lena's like, but like, what is magic really? Like, it's just energy. There's got to be like some scientific explanation behind it. But Vita interrupts their conversation and tells them some lore about the totems. It's, there's apparently rules in regards to these totems. So there's three rules. Rule number one is there's a set order to them that you have to like acquire them in a certain order and so the first one is courage they don't reveal anything else about the next one but courage is first rule number two they've been concealed as artifacts hidden over time meaning that they could literally be anywhere or anything they made it that way so that it's very difficult to find them <laughs> and rule number three the totem can only be used if activated via the word cursix and the passing of a test of character that will involve a deep emotional toll. And so apparently she does say though that, okay, yeah, these artifacts could be anything, but it's said that these artifacts had effects on those around them so they can like start by thinking of things that are related to the different totems. So for courage, you know, they they have to look for, for symbols of courage throughout history is basically their starting point. Um, so at the National City Museum, a doctor named Dr. Lore, actually played by Jesse Rath's wife, which is so cute, uh, gets the news that she's had the funding for her lightning harnessing project terminated. Yikes, she's mad about that. And then we also see Mitch at the same museum kind of like scoping it out and he sets his sights on a slingshot being put in a case and back on Mitch's ship, he informs Nixley about the location of the totem and gives her the info on how to break in and steal it. And Nixie, <laughs> Nixley kind of does this like little funny little leg kick that I just thought was really funny. Um, but she says that basically the only reason that she found the, the totem in the first place is because of the crystal with Mixie inside of it. Uh, <laughs> and... Also, she knows that the super friends are going to have a really hard time finding this totem if she, uh, unless she tips them off about it. So she's like, we're going for maximum secrecy here because I don't want them to even have a chance of finding it because they're not going to be able to find it without this little crystal ball. So at Danson's place, Kelly and Alex talk over coffee. Alex asks how she slept, and Kelly says she's been sleeping better now. She's had time to process everything that she didn't even realize she had so much to process. And Alex keeps kind of reassuring her that she only has to talk about it if she wants to. And Kelly says that she is ready to define exactly what she wants for herself. And in the middle of their conversation, Alex gets a text from the tower and says that, uh, they need her because they have a lead on the courage totem but alex kind of offers and is like hey we could use your we could use your shield on this but uh it turns out that she actually promised orlando and joey that she'd be on the ground in the heights with them and alex asks if she actually needs her help but she tells her to go to the tower and they're just so damn cute <laughs> they're so cute it's like uh you guys are so sickening 
<laughs> like they're just like disgustingly cute they're just so oh my god I love them and this scene was just so sweet between the two of them and obviously it was such a a nice sight to see after uh the scene that we left them in in episode 12 where you know uh Kelly was obviously extremely upset and like crying in Alex's arms and then now we have their kind of like fun dynamic back obviously with Alex still kind of um not necessarily tiptoeing around the subject, but just like treading carefully and trying to make sure that she does maintain the space that Kelly asked for. And Kelly kind of starting to reassure Alex that, hey, I'm going to be ready to talk about this soon. I'm working through all my stuff. I really appreciate that you've let me have this space. You know, I love you. I'll see you later <laughs> kind of thing. It was really just, it was a really sweet moment. And I love too that that they, uh, in this episode, went further to establish that, you know, uh, while Supergirl and the Super Friends are dealing with these huge world-ending uh, save-the-world problems, Kelly is still going to be the one to be that hero on the ground, you know, for them. And I, I really love that. I it's just really cool. I love that they did that because just, you know, Kelly deserves to have that kind of, um, the kind of like differentiation between her and like some of the other super friends just because she stands for, I think, something so different to a lot of the other super friends that I just think works really well. It's very similar to like Ryan Wilder on Batwoman. Those, you know, uh, having that person on the ground who doesn't have superpowers, but who is willing to fight for the community and for, you know, what's right. I think it works really well. And I'm really excited that they're continuing to let Guardian do that while still, obviously, later in the episode, bringing her into the more, you know, world-ending, crazy, ridiculous things that they do. So at CatCo, which there was, <laughs> when they did this shot to CatCo, they used an establishing shot that was like entirely CGI and it was so jarring. I'm like, please just use the shit that you got in season one. Like, just please don't try to CGI CatCo because this is so, nah, we don't need that. <laughs> it was just very jarring. But anyway, so at CatCo, Andrea is yelling at William about how lackluster his Super Friends coverage has been and how he's not been going undercover lately. And then we end up kind of getting into like a weird thing about his PTSD for being sh over being shot by Eve, which is just, I don't know, whatever, I don't care. Moving on, at the tower, <laughs> the Super Friends try to decide what the totem could possibly be, especially if it's hidden. So Brainy shows that there are like 64,000 possibilities for what this totem could be. Uh, but luckily enough, the security cameras actually pick up Nixley at the museum. She's not doing a very good job of hiding. <laughs> so she's actually picking up the slingshot that David used to hit the Goliath. So they are off to the museum to try and snatch it from her before she can get away. Back at CatCo, Nia gives William a tip about the museum because of Andrea's hounding uh, after she gets a text from Brainy about where the super friends are needed. Because obviously she was off to go uh, be dreamer at the museum, but she wasn't going to tell William that. <laughs> so at the museum, Nixley just basically like runs up to the thing and like smashes the glass in and she's like, ah, Mitch is such an idiot. Like, bro. You can't just smash the glass in at a museum. 
you know what I mean? Like, uh, you can't just smash the glass in. <laughs> of course the alarms are going to go off. Of course the guards are going to come running. It doesn't matter if it's a shift change or not. They're going to come running because the alarms are going to go off. Oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> so the alarm goes off and she gets cornered by the super friends when she tries to make a break for it. Uh, Kara says, Nixley, hand the totem over. But she literally is like, no. <laughs> I love that she just like does not, she does not have time for any reasoning, any. <laughs> She's like, I, uh-uh, nope, you're not going to reason with me. I'm not going to listen to you. So she tries to run again, uh, but Nia and Brainy close uh, in on her and even Lena <laughs> comes running out. Um <laughs> Just in her casual clothes, you know, it's just former CEO of, of Luther Corp, Lena Luther, just, I mean, I, maybe she wasn't CEO. I can't remember what the timeline is for this earth, but <laughs> former uh, Luther Corp employee, Lena Luther, running out in this <laughs> at the museum to face Nixley. It was just really funny. <laughs> I bet everybody was like, what is she going to do anyway? Um, so Nixley actually ends up activating the totem and briefly sees her brother, but then Kara blasts it with her heat vision, splitting it in two and giving everybody in the area a double dose of energy, fifth dimensional energy, including people like the doctor and William, who are who were all kind of right around there. So at the tower, Lena says that the totem is radiating concentrated fifth dimensional energy and they decide to ask Vita about it. <laughs> so Brainy grabs the Kryptonian crystal thing and the minute he touches it, he gets body snatched. <laughs> he gets body snatched by Vita. And honestly, in what is probably Jesse Rath's most Emmy winning performance, <laughs> Brainy is possessed by Vita. And it was so funny. This scene is what made the episode for me in so many aspects, just because it was so hilarious. And like, I mean, really all of the super friends, like when they get like dosed with courage and it just keeps getting worse, all of that was so funny. But just Vita is just so crazy that her inside of Brainy was just so funny funny like she literally she's like I'll put him back the way I found him and, <laughs> and you know he's got like the lights on his on his suit she like taps on him and she's like what are these his nipples <laughs> which apparently that was a Jesse Rath line he just like improv that on the spot I would have I don't know how Melissa Katie and Nicole all kept it together because that was hilarious and it was even funnier to watch as Nia kind of like reacts to um, her boyfriend possessed by this woman because it was just really funny. She's like, we need to get it. We need to get her out of him. <laughs> but she ends up telling them some useful information. She tells them that everyone at the museum got a dose of raw, unfiltered courage when they split it. And then Vita ends up like winking at Lena <laughs> as she's like working to like get her out of brainy and she tells Kara that in order to control the energy she has to pass the test so the other half will be drawn to itself and like reconnect 
So basically, Kara has to pass her gauntlet before Nixley or people will start losing their courage-laced minds all over the city. And if she fails, the power will surge and people will just continue to get, like, more and more affected by the courage. Um... And so Lena then uses the crystal to purge Vita from Brainy's body, freeing him. <laughs> and Lena then goes off to make sure Vita can't do that again. Um, Kara sends Nia off with Alex and Jean to find Nixley. And Kara goes to pay her emotional price. And I'm like, why does Kara have to pay? She's always paying. She's always, she's in debt of emotional... <laughs> Like, she's paid to the point where she has emotional debt. Like, oh my god. Poor baby. Uh, in the training room, though, Kara speaks the word, uh, Kersex, and her arms get lifted to the ceiling. And this, like, ominous, deep voice is like, face your past. Face yourself. Face the moment you lack true courage. Uh, then we get Melissa in 2021 as season one Kara. The night that Alex's plane was going down, which was so insane. Like, <laughs> I mean, you all know season one is like my favorite thing in the world. And the pilot is super fun. It's a great episode. And to see Melissa dressed in the same outfit and like in the same scene, and they even posted on Twitter, Jay uh, Farber, I think is how you say his name. Uh, he posted that they had the original, like, scene pulled up on Netflix to compare to, um, the new scene that they were trying to shoot, which was just so cool. So we have Kara, obviously, waiting for her date in the bar, and then she sees on the news that Alex's plane is going down, so she runs out of the bar and then goes and saves the plane. There was a really fun kind of, like, splicing of scenes where they used, you know, some reshot versions, then they used some uh, scenes directly, like, lifted from the pilot. Obviously, kind of the whole plane rescue scene was was the pilot footage. Um, and so when Kara is flying away from the plane, she hears a cry for help and says that she did not go that night because she was so afraid of being seen. So now she ends up going and she saves this guy, but it doesn't work, and she hears, you have failed. At the museum, we see the doctor and William's eyes flash with, like, this blue color with courage uh, as fights end up breaking out in the background. Uh, so Dr. Lore's ex-partner threatens to wipe the drive clean of, like, all of her research, all of her whatever for this, like, lightning shit, uh, but she grabs him to stop him. Um, and because, this is because Kara failed her gauntlet. So with Nixley, she says the word, uh, Kersix, and goes into her gauntlet. And she's transported to the day of the coup with her brother and is then confronted by her dad. He says he's, like, super proud of his son, uh, for having the spine to think he could, like, pull off a coup. Uh, but says that Nixley, um, betraying her father was unforgettable. It's unforgivable <laughs> and that she does she is going to be thrown in the dungeon so nixley before she can actually get thrown in the dungeon runs up to her dad and stabs him and says she should have killed him when she had the chance but it 
it doesn't work and she fails as well. So because of that, at the tower, we see Alex and Jean get a flash of courage. Then the, actually the lizard dragon from season four gets a flash at the museum, which then makes it turn into a full dragon and more fighting at the museum ensues. And I really liked that uh, callback to the season four dragon as well, because I just, I don't know. I love these little callbacks and it feels really similar to uh, what we got in Ozzy's episode last last week um, with all the callbacks to these moments uh, from this, the series. And so I loved that we saw like the pilot this episode. We saw the um, lizard dragon. Like it was just really fun to see all of that. <laughs> so uh, still at the museum, people are going hog wild. Like it's crazy. And Alex, Carr, and John all arrive. <laughs> And Alex is like, sweet, another dragon. And she like recklessly runs off to go wrangle it. Kara's like, Alex, what are you doing? And she asks Jean to calm it psychically. And instead of doing that, he goes off on a tangent about how proud he is of them uh, for the strong women they've become. (laughs) So basically, Alex has become like unhinged. And Jean has basically become the ultimate dad. And Kara has to go off and save Alex. And then we watch Brainy get punched twice. And he says, I didn't see that coming. And obviously, that's kind of a a little hint that he was obviously affected as well. Because he's he sees everything coming, obviously. Uh, so while Jean is standing there trying to reason with the dragon uh he gets fire blown at him and car has to save him too and car finally gets john and alex to cooperate and she's like literally what is going on with you guys (laughs) what is going on (laughs) so at the tower uh lena confirms that there was fifth dimensional energy in the coffee shop and that alex and john were both affected by the totem and this is when alex says how bad can overly courageous superheroes really be uh, <laughs> but Kara's is like, listen, Alex, you are like a glass half shattered realist. What are you doing? So Kara kind of like puts a piece together that the totem gave Alex the courage to be dangerously optimistic and not think things through, you know, as much as she would normally. And Jean, the courage to be open about his feelings, um, which makes uh, his decision making not the best. <laughs> because he's too concerned about what he's feeling and sharing his feelings. Kara and Lena, in this scene, exchange the most, like, concerned wives looks ever. It was just really wonderful. (laughs) Because they are the only two that are unaffected, and they're like, what is happening? (laughs) Um... So then Brainy enters and says that Nia is stuck in a dream. He cannot wake her. She's accessed the part of the dream world that is deeper than she's ever been before. And Kara's like, of course, because she has the courage to do so now. Um, and Brainy says him and Lena can try to c- contain the energy until Kara passes. And Alex and John go off to monitor the city. And I don't know if we should have let them leave. <laughs> Like, you know, Kara might have to monitor them at some point. (laughs) So with Nixley, she doesn't understand why she didn't pass her test. Mitch says that maybe, you know, just maybe she was meant to kill her brother instead because it would be so much harder of an emotional moment to have to kill the one you love rather than the one you hate. Which, I mean, yeah, true. 
at the tower. Kara sits dejectedly in the training room when Lena enters. She asks if she's had any luck with her trials. Kara says no. Kara asks if they've contained the energy. Lena says no, she's actually on the way to talk to Vita about getting some help with that. Um, and this scene is so wonderful for me. So Kara tells Lena that she doesn't understand why she can't pass this gauntlet, why she can't get past the moment when her courage failed. And Lena says that night doesn't sound like a night that she lacked courage. It sounds like when she was the most courageous. And Kara says, yeah, I felt most courageous in that moment. And while they're talking, Kara asks her, do you really not believe in magic? And listen, in a... In probably <laughs> the most, like, romantic line I've ever heard, Lena says, I believe in you. And then she tacks on at the end, and all of us, which is very similar to, like, I killed my brother for you, for our friends. Like, she always separates Kara from the others, and it just, like, highlights how special the relationship they have and they share is, especially to Lena. Um... And it was just so, it was just so unbelievably romantic. Like, are you kidding me? Like, guys, what? <laughs> and and it also was kind of like a direct parallel of 611 when <clears throat> Peggy was like, you don't believe in magic, you know? And Lena says, I believe in what I can see. And here she tells Kara, I believe in you. And and it, it shows that, like, she believes in Kara because she's the only one who has ever and will ever fully and truly like ever see Kara as her whole self like that's what Lena gives to Kara is is acceptance on a molecular level of her entire being and I just love that little parallel between I believe what I can see and I believe in you because Kara sees or excuse me Lena sees Kara and I just really I love that and that scene was so wonderful it's like Y'all remember that article where they're like, uh, the crackling connection between, um, Katie McGraw and Melissa Benoist. It's just, uh, so prevalent in that scene. It's, it's insane. Oh my god. So then Lena actually excuses herself to go interrogate a Kryptonian witch, and Kara tells her to have fun. <laughs> and then Kara decides to give it another go, and this time she, like, zips all over the city, saving person after person, but she still fails. So with the doctor, she got another microdose of courage and decides to just... <laughs> To just go ahead and plug the thing in. <laughs> She's like, we don't even need to test out the lightning machine. We're just going to let it go. It'll be really fun. <laughs> oh, my God. So then she, like, starts to create the storm in National City with lightning. So at the tower, while that's happening, Lena brings Vita out of her crystal and immediately is accused of being a witch by this bitch. <laughs> And she says, your secrets are safe with me. And it's like, wait a damn minute. Secrets, plural. Secrets? <laughs> you mean the... So the one secret where she's a witch and the other secret where she's in love with Kara. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> uh, Vita says, though, that she can't help her control the energy, but that maybe if a certain reluctant earth witch were to... 
accept her gift and you know then maybe she could maybe she could be powerful enough to like control fifth dimensional energy maybe she could but it all depends on how powerful the witch and how far she's willing to go after shutting Vita down, Lena is kind of, like, shaken by this thunder that she hears. She's like, what the hell? So she moves back to the main tower area where the super friends are monitoring this uh, unnatural storm. And Lena says there's been, like, 13 ground lightning strikes. And if that keeps up, the strikes could bring enough energy to wipe out the city's power grid. And Kara, of course, is like, is this my fault? Is this uh, because of me failing the gauntlet and Jean is like no Kara you always take everything on yourself you always do it's not your fault but then (laughs) Brainy's like it is your fault and Jean's like hold that thought (laughs) he's like wait 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 wait. maybe it is um (laughs) he tells her though that he overheard while fighting at the museum that there was this doctor talking about this lightning machine so she probably got a dose of courage and then decided to, like, fire it up. So, yeah, can occur. It's fine. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Nixley is facing her second gauntlet, but she is unable to kill her brother. Instead, she pours her heart out to him, says she trusted him, raised him, and loved him beyond words and would have done anything for him. And, and uh, honestly... In that moment of um, that scene, I was like, this is so cool. I love Nixley as a villain. I know I've said it before that I, I think Nixley's a really interesting villain. And especially because she is such a foil for Kara. Um, but I loved this moment in particular when she said, I would have died for you. I did die right here. And it's like, oh, God, that's such... Like, that is such a line. Like, oh my god. Like, she, because of the betrayal, she was, like, killed that day. And has only gone on as, like, this husk of, like, vengeance and pain and anger. And it's really, uh, it's like, that scene, that line right there was, like, perfect. Perfectly wrapped up uh, Nixley's character, like, right in one go. It was great. Um, so Nixley's emotional speech is actually just what she needs to win the gauntlet, and she gains full control of her half of the totem as the one in the tower tries to make its way to Nixley as well. So I want to talk about the gauntlet really quick because I have a little bit of, like, some theories, and and we've all kind of, on Twitter, uh, this theory's kind of been floating around a little bit too. Um, so clearly the gauntlet required... Uh, the courage to be vulnerable. That was what was needed to pass the test. And obviously, Kara um, wasn't being vulnerable. She was taking it as, I need the courage to, like, do something or to, like, save people or to put others before myself. But the thing is, she doesn't, she doesn't lack that courage ever. (laughs) Maybe on that night she did, but even then she didn't because she saved Alex. You know, she selflessly exposed herself to the world to save Alex. So I think she needed courage not to be Supergirl, but to be 
herself, like to be Kara, to have the courage to not hide behind Supergirl in a way that she kind of has been doing and like has been known to do in the past. Remember season three, you know, I'm an alien, I'm not human, all of that. And and obviously after we heard Zorel tell Kara, you have to be human or not you have to be human, but like allow yourself to be human obviously after we had that, Kara's kind of like still just been in survival mode in trying to take Nixley down and not really putting herself or her own needs first or communicating those feelings or, or feeling like she cannot be vulnerable to talk about them. Because like in both of her attempts, she goes out of her way to save every single person and, and while throwing herself into Supergirl, she was ignoring her own needs as Kara because originally she ran out of the date that she was on to save Alex. So there's ignoring like Kara's love life, Kara's social life. Um, and then that night, if she spent all night going around National City saving people, she wouldn't have spent that night with Alex either. Because if you remember in the pilot, immediately after Kara saves the plane, she goes home to her apartment to watch herself save the plane on the news. And Alex shows up because she got off the plane. She was safe and sound, but she shows up at her apartment and they spend the night together at Kara's apartment. So by not accepting that sometimes she should put herself first, Kara failed because she lacks the courage to be just Kara. But who is the only person who's allowed her to be just Kara, though? Lena. And also, who wasn't affected by the totem this episode? Lena. Because if they'd both been affected, they would have had the courage to just make out. They would have had the courage to be vulnerable with each other in a way, in the way that that was required, you know? Like, I don't know. I can't imagine. I mean, for me, I think that this is the only way the storyline can go where Kara needs to just accept that she cannot spend her entire life putting others before herself. She cannot spend her entire life valuing the city's safety and well-being and life before her own, especially now that she has the super friends to help her carry the burden. And so she needs to accept and understand that she's allowed to be vulnerable and she's allowed to be Kara. And I think also just kind of like it was she needs to have the courage to not be Supergirl or to not be able to save everyone. And and I think this is just, like, the start of Supercore Ben Game. I mean, I've said that before, but this, I mean, it really feels like it, you know? <laughs> it just really feels like it. And especially in watching this episode and seeing the different ways that, that Kara was vulnerable with Lena and how it took some courage to say certain things or whatever, like, especially in their past, how that would translate into the future. 
So at the tower, the half of the totem that they have is trying to get back to Nixley, but Kara is holding on to it pretty well. Uh, Lena pulls out this box that she made and is able to hold the piece. Um, and then they found the scientist and know exactly where to go, except Brainy fully miscalculated it. Turns out Brainy has been affected this whole time and has only today had the courage to be wrong in his calculations. Uh, and he says, so I just spent all day guesstimating <laughs> and when Kara looks for Alex she's already gone she's already ran off into the the into the fire <laughs> and Lena and Kara literally are like oh my god fine I'll do it myself <laughs> so the super friends race off after Alex to the waterfront where the doctor scientist lady is just standing watching the chaos um William is there for some reason he almost gets struck by lightning but Alex jumps in front of him Kara lands on top of the van and lasers the machine thing but it's not enough to stop the storm and the scientist lady's like you just ruined my life's work and Jean comes up and is like bummer <laughs> like that is the funniest thing it makes me think of that TikTok audio if you have heard it where he's like and this is where my parents died Raphael cow a bummer <laughs> but it was just so funny um so at that moment lena comes on the comms to say that the next strike could electrocute the entire harbor and Kara decides that it's hopeless if she, if she can't get her team back to normal so she asks lena to release the totem the totem makes its way to Nixley, restores itself, and everyone finally goes back to normal. Welcome back, uh, is what Kara says to Alex. Dr. Lore says the storm will just keep growing, but they need a negative ionizer. And of course, Alex's little bracelet thing can like morph into that. What can it morph into? <laughs> and then Guardian shows up and I was like, <gasps> Guardian. <laughs> She just looks so cool, and she's uh, she's so cool. I love her so much, and I mean, I just seeing her, it, it just like is so exciting because it's like oh, it's the guardian. <laughs> so then, while Alex and Kelly handle the lightning, Kara, Jean, and Brainy all circle the storm to like dissipate it because it's kind of like forming like a tornado. I don't know. And uh, Alex and Kelly both fully get hit by lightning while doing this, uh, but they don't even flinch. And, you know, Barry Allen cannot relate. <laughs> and in the end of this fight, Kara's um, like, that is what I call teamwork. And Kara smiles in triumph, but as soon as the totem melds itself back together, she gets Nixley's memories of the coup. And Nixley gets Kara's memories of the night she became Supergirl, and Kara, like, collapses out of the sky. At the tower, Alex and Lena are at Kara's bedside. Kara tells them that she could feel Nixley's emotions, that she was triumphant and but still vengeful. And Lena thinks that combining the totems created a psychic connection between her and Nixley. Alex says that her vitals are normal, so whatever's happening, like, you know, we can't detect the connection that you two share. And Kara says that she thinks Nixley uh, can feel herself too. And she says to beat her, she'll need every bit of power she can find and then some. And she kind of like looks at Lena and Lena kind of like, definitely don't have magic. <laughs> so 
at CADCO, uh, Nia talks with William about his trauma and how the courage totem gave him the boost to get out again. He tells Nia that actually he's not going to go undercover. He's going to ask the super friends if he can be embedded with them. And Nia is like, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> he's like inviting himself to, to dinner, you know? <laughs> He's inviting himself to the party and nobody invited him. <laughs> so that's going to kind of like tee up the next episode where uh, William was like at the towers. So obviously, the super friends let him in, but I think it'll honestly low key be kind of funny to watch him be that like really annoying reporter that the super friends are like, oh my God, leave me alone. <laughs> So at Danson's place, Kelly is bandaging Alex up where she got struck by lightning and says that she may have a scar, but that's fine because she is totally into it. <laughs> Alex says that she didn't have to show up, but Kelly says she'd be there anytime while, whether Alex calls or not. And Alex says, magic totems, they're a bitch. <laughs> Kelly says that she meant the morning when she talked about what she wants. She meant that she knows what she wants in her life as guardian, but also with Alex and that she loves her. And she tells her that you are a part of her world and a part of her team. So then, so we had, the, we had Danson on the couch hanging out together. And then we cut to, guess what? A super corp couch scene. What the? Oh my God. <laughs> like at this point in the episode, I was like, it can't get better. And, and then it did. <laughs> and then it just got better. And it's like, oh my God, how do we cut from romantic dancing couch moment to ro to like romantic super corp couch moment? Like, oh my God. Anyway, Kara and Lena are eating pie together, and Kara is still kind of, like, wondering how she didn't pass the trial. Uh, Lena's like, I don't get it either. You literally went to the Phantom Zone to save humanity. Kara just does not know what she did wrong, and Lena says that she might have a way to fight Nixley without Kara having to pass the gauntlet at all. And Lena tells Kara that her mom was a witch, uh, and that apparently so is she <laughs> and Kara is like well, oh my god what <laughs> but uh Lena <laughs> Lena's like I cannot relate to waiting years to tell my secret bitch I'm gonna tell you tonight <laughs> So Lena says that she's not sure she's ready to talk about it yet and kind of like a dance in parallel maybe, you know, kind of with Kelly asking Alex to give her some space. This is kind of Lena asking Kara to give her some space to figure out her um, powers and what she's doing. Um, and so she says, you know, she's not really ready to talk about it yet, but um, she thinks that she can combine science and magic to separate Kara from Nixley because that is her number one priority. Kara tells her, you know, of course, she'll take all the help she could get, but she actually wants to stay connected to Nixley. Lena is like immediately, whoa, 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 whoa what? <laughs> and she says that it could be painful and dangerous, but Kara says she's willing to take that risk. Um, and Lena says, I don't know what that gauntlet was about because you are the epitome of courageous. 
And of course, Katie delivered that line with the reverence of, if anyone can do it, it's you. Like, come on. Come on. (laughs) If it's not romantic, I don't know what is. So in the middle of their talk, Kara gets a blast from Nixley and she's angry. Uh, With Nixley, she says, why does she not suffer? She's hopeful and happy. And it's like, oh, so you're saying that Lena makes Kara hopeful and happy? (laughs) And it's because of Lena. But Mitch points out that Supergirl failed where Nixley didn't. And that's why she uh, is suffering. And Nixley says, my pain is the price of my power. And then she vows to find the rest of the totems. And that is where we end the episode. It was a really, I mean, like I said, it was a really wonderful episode, wonderful episode that I really loved. And I really, I mean, it's great. I'm going to find myself re-watching this episode quite a lot. Um, and like I said, I mean, I'm clowning, but I think Supercorp's Endgame. <laughs> Just because it's like all the vibes are there. All of the vibes are there. Like, we got Dance in Parallels this episode. We got, like, connections between... Um, dancing and obviously these like really heavy romantic moments with lena and Kara, with those moments like i believe in you or you are the epitome of courageous all of that and obviously we still have Kara's gauntlet unanswered and we don't know what that means just yet but it was confirmed that we will find out why Kara failed her courage test later in the season um by jay on twitter so that'll be really um interesting to see if maybe we're right about you know, how uh, Kara needs to find the courage to be vulnerable about being herself and eventually probably about her feelings for Lena. Um, (laughs) So, also, uh, kind of like a spoiler, but it was literally put out in an article, so I don't think it's a spoiler anymore. Um, On the subject of, you know, Nixley and Kara feeling each other's emotions, let's talk about (laughs) Nixlex. Which is a relationship that is apparently happening uh, in this season. Nixley and Lex are going to have a romantic relationship in this season. According to some interviews that were given by Jessica and Robert, um, JQ and RR are the showrunners of the show, uh, to uh, sites like Entertainment Weekly and and things like that. Uh, (laughs) It's actually real. It's not just like people trolling. It's a real thing. But the thing is... That for me, I physically could not think of a single reason why they would be romantically connected. I could not think of a single, single reason until Kara and Nixley became psychically intertwined. (laughs) Because for me, I mean, yes, Lex is powerful. He's a powerful human on Earth. But the thing is that Nixley doesn't need human power. She just wants the Allstone power. And really, with Mitch's help, she's got her little crystal, so she knows exactly where to get everything. And she can just, like, go in and get it. You know, like, she's got her wits about her, you know, whatever. And and I think, really, if she wanted an ally, she'd want, like, a magical ally, not somebody who's a human who has the same abilities as her at this point, because she's still got that power dampening cuff on. But the moment that we all found out that Nixley and Kara can feel each other's emotions, it gave me an idea, and I think it gave a lot of us an idea, that if Kara is in love with Lena, it would make sense 
that Nixley would feel that love. So maybe she equates it to the Luther she meets sometime in her own life. Lex. I don't know. I just, I think that makes so much sense. Everything else about Nixley and Lex does not make sense. But this makes sense to me. <laughs> and, you know, it just like... Uh, that is it. Like, the, there's no other explanation except for Nixley feeling Kara. Because obviously she felt that hopeful, happy feeling that Kara had while she was talking to Lena. So who's to say that she can't feel the love and that emotional um, connection that Kara feels to Lena through their connection and then have it projected onto Lex Luthor? It just does not make sense any other way. It literally does not make sense any other way to have these two characters have this romantic storyline, have this connection. It does not make any goddamn sense unless it is Supercorp related and Supercorp Endgame related. Just because it's like, first of all, why would you waste the time in the final season creating a storyline between two villains of romance unless it's connected somehow to the main plot and the main character and what's going on with Kara and what's going on with Lena like come on you know <laughs> I mean that's just that's my only it has to be it right I mean come on now oh my god <laughs> anyway though so I'm obviously I'm fully clowning I fully think at this point that Supercorp is in game I'd be really surprised if it wasn't I obviously don't know how far they'll ever go with it. You know, I don't know if we're thinking Korosami here, like, you know, whatever, or like Kachador, where we just get like a kiss at the end. I don't know. But anyway, it happens. If, if it happens, I'm happy. <laughs> but this episode really, truly did give me a lot of hope for Supergorp, and especially because just like so many of those scenes were so romantic this episode and obviously it just that's the only thing that makes sense with Nixley and Lex so I don't know <laughs> but um we also did get a promo for next week so that'll be um it looks like you know a fun episode looks fun uh I don't know what totem is next week I know that the love one is in a couple weeks and they said that that was going to be the next like huge totem that like really uh causes problems for like the super friends like really intense emotional uh problems for the super friends so but apparently also every single totem has its own gauntlet so Kara will have to face those gauntlets um throughout the next episode so I'm really excited to see it it's it's very much like monster of the week vibes um I love that I love that um uh that like storytelling setup I love I love that uh so it very much feels that way where every single week we'll be dealing with a totem and you know if Kara has to like pass the gauntlet if somebody else has to pass the gauntlet you know like whatever ends up happening I'm just really excited to see it and it's I mean like I said it's shaping up to be like this really wonderful end of the season that I'm really excited to watch and hopefully we collect our endgame in. Like, <laughs> I don't know, guys, but I also, I feel like I do know. Like, I feel like this is it. <laughs> I feel like it's happening, but obviously, we'll see. Um, 
so yeah i i hope you enjoyed this episode uh let me know what you thought in the comments below or you can tweet me at televised pod let me know what you think um did you enjoy this episode do you think super corpse endgame like how are you feeling how are you guys feeling <laughs> are you clowning too you have your clown shoes on i do um <laughs> and that is all i will see you guys next week oh don't forget to like rate like share subscribe do all the things and i will see you guys next week bye